Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. Because we're digital, and uh, we're getting some pretty good exposure when we go to podcasts with these broadcasts from our uh, radio outlets. But uh, we're doing pretty well. But we need to have a bigger reach, ladies and gentlemen. We're still got a lot of woefully ignorant people out there. So please, share timely broadcasts like the one we're going to have today with my old friend Pat Wood. And we're going to be talking to Pat Wood about a number of issues that fall loosely under the category of technocracy and what's happening in Europe and the dangers that lie before us along the same lines. And then we'll probably touch into a lot of other related areas. But we'll join Pat in just a second because we got to do some business. And I will tell you, the good news is the railroad strike has appeared to be averted, although the rank and file has not yet approved the agreement and this agreement was reached i believe about five hours ago as biden uh issued an early morning press release from the capitol uh the rank and file i I, trust me if i was them i'd probably reject the agreement from my personal point of view i hope the railroad workers ask for help from god because uh, we don't want this to happen to our country. Seriously, getting food would have been real problematic as well as other resources that are critical. But we dodged a bullet. But anyway, folks, the fact is over 100 uh, food processing plants have been destroyed in America. Uh, there is an attack upon our food supply, and I believe it's deliberate by this administration. And I would really strongly recommend that while you can, you still get all the storable food that you can gather. And you can go to foodwithdave.com. Still got a special in effect. The MPS, the company, has not raised prices, which to me is absolutely stunning. So get your food. And 25-year shelf life, 2,000 calories per day, foodwithdave.com. And if you have food, you better get water. And I'm really concerned about blackouts, ladies and gentlemen, because Grantham made a comment, but then later walked it back the next day. But she meant it or she wouldn't have said it. When she was asked about California's uh, roving brownouts, blackouts, and so forth, she goes, yeah, that'll be the model for the country. And then next day she said, oh, you misunderstood me. No, we didn't misunderstand you. Um, This is in our future. And if those blackouts stay on for very long, getting water, drinkable water is going to be real problematic for you. You may have to scavenge, so you need good water filtration. And I recommend you have a filter for everybody in your family. So what do you do? You go to waterwithdave.com, and you'll see the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. And it's as good as it gets. The research is right there where they compare themselves and their functioning uh, ability to cleanse water. And it's right there. And trust me, you won't have trouble finding water in most environments. It just won't be drinkable, and you're going to have to treat it. Uh, so go to waterwithdave.com. And then finally, it's my pleasure and privilege to bring you uh, my pillow. Mike Lindell had his cell phone, which he does business on, taken from him at a Hardee's drive-thru. For what? For daring to question the election. I thought that was a constitutionally protected activity. I guess not in the uh, age of uh, Gestapo FBI. And... uh, so we're we're proud to represent Mike Lindell's company. He's a patriot, has great products. We had all the products before they approached us about representing them. Uh, I did. My wife went out and bought them all. We have, we have the slippers, the dog beds, the sheets, the dividers, the pillowcases. We have it all. It's all great stuff, folks. And right now for your, for you, for our audience, 50% off or two for one. All you have to do is go to my, mystore.com, put in the code Hodges. 
to get these discounts, mystore.com. And those are the sponsors for today's show. And just like the Brits, we do them up front. We get it out of the way, BBC style. And we get to join our guest, Pat Wood. And Pat Wood is the, and this is not even in debate, you talk to anybody about technocracy, his name comes up first. He is the recognized expert on technocracy. And technocracy is its own political, social, cultural identity. And this is what we're being transformed into. And we're about ready to see the transformation of Europe, I think, with potentially very deadly consequences for this winter. Um, Pat, I I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm going to make a bold statement to start. Um, The European leaders knows what's coming to their their people. Switzerland has said you can't heat your home and you can't cook over 140 degrees or you'll go to prison. Um, But yet they continue to anger Vladimir Putin by sending weapons of war into Ukraine to kill Russian soldiers, which I don't support what Putin did. But the European leaders are sacrificing their citizens on the altar of climate change. I think uh, I think they are. Um, you know, the policies that have been implemented over a period of many years in Europe have been driven by United Nations policies, which in turn are driven by originally by trilateral commission policies from the early 70s. And they're paying the price now. People are finally seeing just how insane these policies are and what the end result of them are. I know everybody just kind of chuckled initially. Oh, that's a nice, novel, new thing. Hey, let's have some windmills. You know, let's, that, that'd be cool. Let's, let's have some solar panels. And nobody asked the hard questions, or at least citizens did not ask the hard questions at that point, saying, well, how would that really work out in the long run? Now they're finding out. And, uh, the, you know, it's not just, um, it certainly isn't just the power issue at this point, although we can see the war as a means to create the energy crisis mm-hmm. that uh, that is obviously just going to turn the country upside down. It already is. Uh, but there's, many, there's other things uh, in play, too, like the food crisis that's going on in the Netherlands, where, uh, where nitrogen fertilizer is being withheld from the farmers intentionally. This is a Agenda 21 policy, and uh, the net result uh, is going to be food shortages or you know food a reduction in food supply to put it that way um and, and this is an insane policy too and the farmers there that are rebelling right now revolting and protesting they have seen this they personally have seen this as not only an anti-human uh, you know attack on food mm-hmm. but also an attack on them to twist them out of their farms their farm property and uh, this has become an existential fight for them. They they either fight in the in on the roadways with their tractors and harvesters, etc., or they die. Uh, they lose their farms and they'll end up in the you know the megalopolis uh, eating insect protein. Uh, it's just like you know people shake their head at this and say, they say, "Well, how can this be possible?" Well, look, the the stories coming out of Europe, the intelligence stories coming out of Europe are pointing out that these policies are absolutely catastrophic. And people, you could argue whether or not they were intentional from the get-go. But, uh, you know, and I know people do. But at this point, when you're in the middle of the crisis and you see the train coming right right down the track and, it's, and you're tied to the track, <laughs> and, you, you know, this is the problem right now. Is that the train is the problem that's happening. And Europe is, may experience the worst um, setback in two or three hundred years um, as a result of these crazy policies. Well, I tell you, this needs to be stopped. We, I've been hopping up and down for, for years now, at least 15 years on this technocracy business. And, uh, you know, Agenda 21 is sustainable development, which I believe is all the same thing. I've been hopping up and down on this, Dave, about how, uh, how radical it is and how the end result is going to be absolute cat- catastrophe. Yes. No, and people, you, you, people laughed along I'll, the way. Yeah, and, I agree. You know. I want to give you your credit because, ladies and gentlemen, Pat is not bragging. It's a statement of fact. We have had Pat on since he really, I don't know if transition is the right word, but he started <laughs> to cover this in detail as as the smart grid began to expand and it was real obvious to everybody. Was the smart grid kind of your catalyst for uh, evolving into tech, technocratic uh, analysis? 
Actually, no, it wasn't. But uh, it, it, it was it was one of the first symptoms that was easy to jump on and talk about. Okay. Because there was more, you know, there was some widespread, um, you know, fairly widespread acknowledgement that smart grid might be something that people won't like. Um, uh, unfortunately, most people gravitated towards the health issues with uh, with five G or with excuse me with the smart meters, the radiation mm-hmm. from the the Wi-Fi and stuff, and I warned people back then, just consistently, uh, that's fine. You can talk about the health issues, and some people do have sensitivity to radiation. There's absolutely no doubt about it. But I warn people, I say, don't don't make that your issue. The issue is not the health issue. The issue is that this is a, sur- this is a surveillance grid that's being locked down on the whole world that will allow them to control and monitor energy usage uh, which is an original technocrat goal, by the way, from the 1930s. And I said, this is the real danger. Uh, and this is what needs to be protested against. Well, nobody really listened to that either, and they went off and fought the, the health battles. And it's gotten to nowhere, and smart grid and, you know, smart meters and stuff are all over the planet. And now we see, lo and behold, uh, with the energy issues we've had, we see Colorado all of a sudden locking down 22,000 customers with smart grid, smart meters. Mm-hmm. They reached into their homes and they set the thermostats for them. They have no choice. <laughs> They've done it so. in Europe, too. They're doing it all over Europe because they got smart meters, too. And they say, hey, we can do this. We can control your thermostat and everything else in your house right here. Uh, it's like, okay, guys, I told you this is coming. I you did. just need to pay attention. If you don't like the fact that your utility just reached into your home, you should have listened. 15 years ago, for crying out loud, this was all obvious back then to anybody who really wanted to look at it. Pat, do you remember the program in Arizona, the Phoenix area, with APS, Arizona Public Service, where people, I think it was 800 families volunteered to have their uh, usage of things like their dryer, their oven, their their dishwasher to be mm-hmm. controlled uh, by AI? Do you remember that? Is that still on, yes. is that still ongoing in Phoenix? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. No, this 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 thing is this thing is global in nature and has been around for a long time. I had a good friend in Europe that um, they were kind of tr- in, in transition, moving from Europe or from Germany to Switzerland, and they had a, a, a flat that they just found in Switzerland and they could live in for a while. And they were living there, and <clears throat> um, the the wife was washing a load of clothes one day, um, and all of a sudden the the washer quit. Uh, it was right. It wasn't spinning, but you know, it was agitating, right? And and the thing quit. It was full of water. And well, that's a tough thing for a housewife, you know. <laughs> what do you do? Where yeah. do you go? How do you what, get rid of the water? What do you do with the clothes? And so she's asking the neighbors um, in this particular apartment house, uh, "What's you know what happened here? I mean, my my machine isn't broken, but it's like you know the electricity just got turned off." So well, that's exactly what happened. And the neighbors told them that this had been happening for some time and that you need to wash your clothes after 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> and, and the smart meter had turned her washing machine off. Well, it wasn't the smart meter, but the policy that was set at the utility said, uh, you're, you know, during the daytime, you're consuming too much. Brand. This, this was years ago, Dave. This was not just this year. Yeah. This was like at least six or seven years ago I heard this from her. And she's a personal friend. She told me the personal story. And it freaked her out. I mean, she said, what? I can't believe that. And uh, sure enough, you know, she left the thing alone. And at 9 o'clock that night, the washing machine started up again and finished her load. (laughs) It's like, you can't make this stuff up, Dave. It's out there and it's real. (laughs) No, well, they went to billing. And this is pretty standard across the country. The billing was uh, after peak hours, your rates would go down. They were trying to shape when you use it. Mm-hmm. One thing I never understood, though, Pat, why does electricity cost more during the day than it does at night? Other than air conditioning, which I understand, but everything else, why does that matter? Um, <clears throat> well, it, that's only a prelude to alternative energy, honestly, I think. Okay, um, that's, that's what I thought, too. You know, it, I'm sure there's other things that are in the mix of it. But, you know, when when the technocrats back in the 1930s said that they were going to balance the load on electricity usage and stuff in, in society, in the economy, what they didn't 
say they didn't finish the concept and we know this now but they weren't going to balance the load the old way they were going to balance it on our back mm-hmm. so instead of you know it used to be you can think back 25 30 years as a city grew as any city grew or a state grew uh, the utilities were uh, their mission was to build sufficient capacity to take care of the expanding population and so they would build another plant or they would expand an existing plant and they would simply produce more electricity and then, you know, the public would be served. There was no, uh, there was no, uh, hint at that point that, well, you selfish consumers out there need to cut back on your electro- uh, electric usage. They just simply built more capacity and that was the end of it. Well, uh, that's how they used to balance the load. You know, you got more demand. Okay. You get more supply. That's the way free enterprise, uh, works. But now this uh, this whole uh, narrative has been turned around, and instead of having the utilities balance the load by increasing supply, it's uh, being put on the backs of consumers to reduce their demand. So the utility companies don't have to spend extra money on extra We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at thecommonsenseshow.tv, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at thecommonsenseshow.tv. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com and what it does is it goes into a container you lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches it's a 50-year warranty on the device it only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground and you can keep it for safekeeping and i'll tell you this is the way to hide your gold not in false walls but underground will be very very difficult to detect to find out more Go to BarrierGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time capacity and they can control they can micromanage the energy that they have they can allocate the energy they have into the homes and businesses or in in that particular uh, economic system this is absolutely backwards from what we used to have and people are feeling the pinch now this is this is what's happened in europe it's what's happening here in america and people are really starting to feel this pinch and say, you know, there's something wrong with this whole thing. And there is. There was. It, this could have been seen or this was seen years ago. But people just didn't pay attention. They just said, no, it's, it can't be that serious, really. But, yes, really, it is. And these um, these loons, these uh, lunatics that have gotten a hold of public policy and private policy, too, uh, these lunatics are in control of the mechanism of our economic system. It's like, okay, well, if you want more of the same, just leave him in office. Yeah, but aren't these now um, 
appointed bureaucrats that survive the office holders who appointed them in terms of longevity? In many cases, they are. There needs to be, uh, if there is any political control going to be reasserted, it's going to be to fire these people who are, at this point, self-declared technocrats who think they can uh, have they have some mandate just to do whatever the heck they want to do to control people. And this this is a good opportunity to point out the antipathy between the technocrat system and the political system. They're enemies. They always have been enemies. They they declared themselves enemies back in 1932. And even today, you can see the antipathy between the technocrat cadre, if you will, the cartel, and political systems. They they will control political systems, but they would rather just get rid of the political systems altogether. And this, you know, can be seen in the uh, over the last twenty years, at least, maybe thirty, with the whole move towards deregulation, and uh, you know, like deregulating industries, letting them self-regulate, so on. It took the power away from the governments and gave it to the private industry. We've seen things like this that have weakened the nation state greatly, and given control over to the multinational, uh, you know, corporate companies and stuff, and. That, that are now asserting their control to run everything. Like, you know, for instance, if 22,000 customers got cut off and uh, their power got cut off or their thermostats got controlled in, in, in Colorado, did the politicians have anything to say about that? No, they didn't. It's, they, they didn't They didn't call the state house and say, uh, well, what do you think? We are a regulated industry up here. Would you think we should cut off, you know, cut down power to 22,000 people? No. They didn't call them and ask them. They just did it. That's because they have control. They're the ones in the power seat. Shifting over to California for a second along those lines with the impending blackouts they've announced, does PG&E have the same autonomy where they don't have to answer to Newsom or other government officials? Basically, yes. They absolutely do. PG&E does whatever the heck PG&E wants to do. And uh, the regulation that that they blustered about, you know, that they say, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to smack PG&E. You know, that's all fine and good, but then, you know, it, when Monday comes around, pg and back out doing what the heck it wanted to do in the first place, <laughs> and there's no stopping them. Um, but this is true. I mean, this is not just pg and This is across the whole, you know, tech industry and, and uh, you, you know, the big, um, uh, the big companies that are, you know, the, the substantial companies like pg and that are controlling the economic system. Uh, they basically do what they want to do, and politicians, you know, they bluster, they hop up and down, they threaten, but it doesn't do anything. And we see this on a national basis too. When Facebook gets pulled into into a Senate committee or a House committee, they they yell at them, they holler, and you know, Mark Zuckerberg it's gets all, all yeah. contrite, and then he walks out and he basically just says, "Hey, it's got get back to work, fellas." Uh, you know. Yeah, it's 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 uh, rhinos making brownie points with the voters. Yeah, it's, uh, basically. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. exactly right. The what I want to ask you from uh, what you can you build a case here for utility management by AI. Um, I'm seeing a shift decidedly into the food market, and there could be some subterfuge with these food processing plants. I've stopped believing in coincidences when I saw the numbers, 104 plants destroyed since Joe Biden, mm-hmm. most of them by fire, by the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, But you're looking at utilities now blending into food. Uh, you won't necessarily control a population with utilities, depending on the severity of the environment. You could, but with most in this country, I don't think you would. But with food, you control everybody. Um, mm-hmm. How is this technocratic uh, ideal moving into control of the food resource? Well, <clears throat> they're both they're both really important. An economy can't run without energy, and to the extent it has energy available, it will run. Uh, if you withdraw energy, the economic activity shrinks. That's what's happening in Germany right now, big time. Uh, and many companies are just flat out shutting the door, saying we can't can't survive anymore. Um, so economic activity, if you want to control it, you have to control energy. At the same time, uh, if you want to control the people inside of it and get them to limit themselves and do less, well, you can just you shrink the food supply. Um, both of these are important. And I, I, it kind of makes me think of the concept of an of an air brake on a uh, you know on an 18 wheeler you know 18 wheeler trucks are pretty heavy and they they have brakes they do have really good brakes 
um, that can stop the truck if it needs to in a fairly short period of time. But they also have another system called air brakes, which is based basically back pressure on the engine. And um, they're really loud. A lot of a lot of cities don't allow the use of air brakes, but they're there. <clears throat> and uh, a, a trucker, a driver, can use both instruments to slow down the truck. And so here we're talking about food and we're talking about energy in the same breath. You've got two braking mechanisms, right? And they can work in unison with each other. Uh, or they can work independent. It doesn't really doesn't necessarily matter, but they can be very effective if used together. And so, uh, you know, we see the the United Nations push to withdraw nitrogen as a, some kind of a pollutant or something, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and, you know, curtailing fertilizer in fields and stuff so can't grow as many, you know, good food and stuff. They're taking CO2. They want to take CO2 out of the atmosphere, which is essential for plant growth. <laughs> it's just... You know, it's complete insane policies. Mm-hmm. But the idea, uh, the idea in the end of it is to shrink the population, uh, to shrink the, the economic activity because these, the, these lunatics, these climate lunatics view economic activity as the big boogie mountain. That's why, that's why we've got all the CO2 in the atmosphere. They reason this very, very, very clearly publicly. It's this industry that has caused all the pollution of CO2, which is not a pollution, but well, if it is a pollution, Dave, you and I are polluters too because we breathe out carbon dioxide every day okay, but here, incessantly. Here's the $64 million question. So while they do this to the masses, are they going to make the same sacrifices themselves? And if not, then that brings us back to another issue. Yes, it does. And no, they're not making the sacrifices for themselves. There's always been a, a gross hypocrisy sitting over this whole system. The United Nations has been legendary at this, I think, from day one when they first uh, when they first created the um, the Agenda 21 doctrine uh, back in 1992, and there were people that, <clears throat> by the way, they were actually at that that conference, uh, dr- participants, direct participants in the process uh, at the United Nations conference in Rio de Janeiro, and people came out of that and said, well, you know, the whole point of the Rio de Janeiro to to the environmental, the original environmental people was, hey, could could we have some help in the South because you guys are crushing us up there? It's like, could we kind of, you know, get take, get control of this uh, this this business climate where development is being pushed on us as good, but it's really killing us? And so they they tried to you know get some discussion going there, but they didn't. And reports came out of the the Rio conference. He said basically, what what Rio was uh, was just a bunch of parties and drinking and debauchery. And um, and then they made policies that screwed the third world even more. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you know, this this hypocrisy has been with us from day one, and it's just it continues, you know, like the 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 images of the Davos World Economic Forum convention where all the people flying on their private jets. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like yeah, right. Um, it's like you know, it's, it's like gun control from a politician that has eighty bodyguards. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and. You remember the, you probably would remember the actual picture, picture, the, Im, the image of the head of the Muslim Brotherhoods giving a great speech in Egypt once upon a time when they were in control and before the Muslim Brotherhood got kicked out by, they were so radical they kicked them out, um, <clears throat> and went back to some other form of radical Islam. But the, the leader of the, I can't remember the guy's name, but the leader of uh, the Muslim Brotherhood was very prominent and uh, very, very much a bigwig. And he gave given this speech in his black robe, right, up standing kind of up on a little podium. And he reaches out to shake his fist at the crowd. And all of a sudden, his uh, black robe kind of pulls up his wrist and exposes his wristwatch he's wearing. It's one of these uh, $150,000 wristwatches that you can only buy at some special store in Europe. And he's got one of these wristwatches on, and he's lecturing the people on, you know, you got to, you know, stone people and whip people and cane them and keep them in line and whatever. And, you know, we need to learn how to live in austerity. And here he is, you know, just dripping, dripping with imagery of wealth. And... um you know, so this hypocrisy has been with us for forever. Sometimes you can see it; most of the time, it's hidden pretty well. But um, you need to—we need to pay attention. People just don't pay attention to this. That that this level of, of hypocrisy is just stunning. 
So when they say, when the, when the UN says that you are going to eat insects, and there are, I just put an article up today, uh, by the way, about, um, about eating insects, and uh, they're, they're creating this giant smart city in, in um, Europe where they will eat insects. They're putting in <laughs> vertical farming for crickets and cockroaches and stuff. Um, <clears throat> while, so while tell people, people where they can find that article on your site. Yeah, it's uh, it's right on the home page right now. It's called "Elitist Are Building Megalopolis, Where Plebes Will Eat Insects." <laughs> so, <laughs> That's like, a good title. This, yeah, this is written. This is written what's, by. What, yeah. What's the URL, Pat? Uh, it's technocracy dot news. Okay. Sorry, you just, just, <laughs> just wanted to make sure people have the ch- yeah. a chance to reference that. Well, of course, we'll we'll give you that URL here at the right. end of the broadcast too. But yep. that, that's a great so. title. I love the, I love the use of the word plebes. <laughs> no, I know. But see, they're gonna you know the plebes are gonna eat insects, but Bill Gates and his cronies are gonna eat prime produce coming off his two hundred and thirty five thousand acres of U.S. farmland. Right? <laughs> it's like He's not going to grow crickets and, and cockroaches on his farms. No, there'll they'll be enough of uh, prime rib and, uh, you know, fresh vegetables and grain and, you know, bakery goods and all that stuff. They'll have themselves covered really, really good uh-huh. while the rest of us eat insects. Wow. That's, okay, so we have utilities. We have uh, the gradual control of food. Because uh, they're not doing it all at once, or they'd have food riots like crazy. Um, so, are there digital currency? Okay, one four zero six seven. That executive order signed by Biden. Uh, I would imagine that ties into this. That if you want to use their precious resources, that they're going to, shall we say, ration. That you better behave yourself and not make any provocative political statements. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, there, there was. Uh well, back up a minute. <clears throat> there's a there's a tendency of the global elitist crowd to to let us poor plebes out here uh, run around with all kinds of crazy stories and speculations about what's going on. And this this has been, in my view, has been legendary for 50 years. I've seen it from day one. They don't care what you say as long as it doesn't affect them. And so we have a lot of crazy theories. You know, people have been saying, oh, the dollar's going to crash, the dollar's going to burn, and stuff. Not and, and what they don't get is what really is happening. Um, <clears throat> there was um, a lady that gave a, a, a talk on a panel at the uh, in Dubai at one of the global economic conferences that they held whole frequently over there. Uh, she was from uh, she was working in as an investment advisor in the city of um, uh, the city of London, which is that square mile piece of real estate in the middle of actual the city of London, but this is the city of London, special, kind of operates like the Vatican does, is completely sovereign, uh, can't touch anybody or anything in it. Well, she's one of those people that works in their private wealth management, is what she calls herself. And so, that what that means is she's taking care of the sheiks and the, you know, the big mucky mucks, and nobody can find out what they're doing at all. But she was there, and she gave this little she gave this little explanation of where money was going. <clears throat> and she said very clearly, she said, there will be a time when all of the currencies of the world will be substituted for blockchain. And she said, she said it very clearly. She said, no, it's not a matter of just the dollar or, you know, the, the yuan or the euro going down in flames. It's, the whole thing's going to be replaced. The whole system is going to be replaced. So, it's not a question of the dollar or you know, why people are being... The Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for MyPillow. For example, they've got half off MyPillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. Beating up on the dollar. No, they're not. They're beating up on the whole fiat currency system of the world. <laughs> and they're ready. They are getting ready eventually to completely substitute all fiat currency. And, and likely this could happen very quickly, like maybe in, you know within a few weeks or a month. Uh, when they finally pull the trigger on it, it probably will be very swift. 
may be precipitated by some crises mm-hmm. that um, you know will necessitate this new system. And I honestly, I can see a scenario in that crisis for that crisis occurring in Europe right now. Um, most uh, many of your listeners will remember the the Lehman Brothers crisis in two thousand what was two thousand eight, um, where the whole country almost melted down, the whole system almost melted down. And there were reasons for it, good reasons. But what's happening right now in Europe with the energy crisis is that uh, in the last 10, 12 years, the so-called derivative market has grown by leaps and bounds. It's now well into the quadrillions of dollars. Uh, it's, just, it's so immense, nobody can even hardly measure it anymore. But uh, the, the derivative market is based on bets that um, that companies make that if certain catastrophic events take place, which would be the trigger, then the person who buys the contract, uh, like insurance policy, has to pay off. They have to you know, make up the difference, whatever it is. So if your power bills, for instance, a company says, well, like let's say an aluminum production company, they need electricity. They might buy a derivative contract that says if there's a hiccup in the price of energy, like 25%, that um, that we need to get paid $500 million or any amount to make up for the losses and stay in business. And so they would uh, maybe sell some, or you know buy some derivative contracts like that. And then if energy goes up 25%, which nobody ever would have expected it to go up that, that high in the first place, but if it did, all of a sudden somebody's looking at this huge bill out there. So, okay, pay us our $500 million. We gave you the premium. We want our money now. And this is what almost collapsed the entire financial system back in 2008 to 10, this this derivative market. And you remember they when they bailed out AIG, the giant reinsurance company, they weren't a bank, but they bailed out them because they were sitting there having to make good on all these derivative contracts, and they didn't have the money for it. Well, anyway, long story short, this is what Europe is facing right now uh, with its not only uh, food shortages, but all, especially the energy shortages. Prices have skyrocketed. Companies are going out of business. Big companies are facing bankruptcy right now, too. They don't want to admit it, but they are. And the derivative market is at risk of having a critical mass of claims where the triggers have been met. And companies that that, uh, that bought those quote-unquote policies are going to demand payment. And there's not enough money, there's not enough cash anywhere in the system to service all this all these these payoffs just not there so there's only two choices either either the national entities go bankrupt which is not probably going to be very very well received by them uh or uh if the crisis gets too much it might give them enough excuse right there because this will bleed over into every country in the world not just stay in europe uh this could be a precipitator of such a financial crisis that they that the the bankers of the world will just uh, throw up their hands and say, "Guys, it's over. <laughs> it's just it's over. We need to we need to switch to this new system now, or you know we're going to go back to the Stone Ages." And people will have to say yes. They won't have a choice at that point. They say, "Well, yeah, you're right. The system is so broken; it can't possibly be retrieved. It cannot be unwound." And uh, let's just do something else. Yeah, I can is- I can see a scenario, Pat, where. They get people to accept the digital control that will come, you know, controlling all purchases and so forth because of over, well, just overwhelming debt. And they'll do debt forgiveness in exchange for acceptance of this. And then the enslavement begins. Yes. Yes. You you can almost, it's it's easy. I I hate to spin scenarios on one hand, but from, from an economic perspective, uh, forecasting point of view and you know that's where I started out you probably remember that mm-hmm. I started out in the economic finance world and I did a lot of forecasting back then we don't forecast just based on speculating what we feel we, we forecast based on actual scenario actual things that are happening that if they continue happening in such and such a way that it's going to lead to X whatever X is yeah. well, you can, and yeah. <clears throat> this this is the way I see the financial crisis in Europe right now it's not that I'm predicting this is going to happen and say oh yeah it's going to happen by December 13th or something but I'm saying that the, the, the cliff has already been defined and people are headed towards that cliff right now will they turn around and go back somehow in another direction or will they continue to walk until they fall off the cliff at this point, they're perilously close to falling off the cliff. 
in the energy crisis, which was caused by the war in Ukraine, remember, exclusively by the war in, in Ukraine, um, the energy crisis is not resolvable in the short term because Russia is not going to turn the spigot back on. Of course, they, they could. They could just capitulate, I suppose. So, oh, we'll, we'll, you know, forget the war. We'll turn on the gas again. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, but it could. Um, so in the meantime... I, I could see this. a scenario where that could happen, Pat, but let me tell you what. Yeah. I, I think it'd be a measured response, and here's what I mean by that. I don't think Russia, at this point, wants to see a nuclear war. I think they'd be overwhelmed if NATO and the U.S. are still intact. However, um, they don't want to just turn on the spigot because there's no punishment for the people that are sending weapons to kill Russian soldiers. Mm -hmm. So how about they just send a little bit? And you know what? We're going to start making some deals here, folks, if you want this to continue. But they give a pittance compared to what Mm -hmm. they need. And this is how they maintain control. Has there been any projections of loss of life if the, the the grid, the support services for the utilities totally go down in Europe? Is there any estimate about the casualty rate with exposure and starvation and so forth? I haven't seen any. Uh, there might be, but I haven't seen them. No. Yeah. And the reason I said debt forgiveness when I brought up the possible scenario before, uh, you've got to give a carrot, I think, to get people to even do it. So if you squeeze oh, hard, sure. hard enough on them, well, we'll forgive all this, but you got to accept the money that we're going to give you now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I can, uh, you know, I, I can see that. I, in fact, I think I saw an article that, um, that kind of alluded to that the other day. It had uh, something to do with the, the concept of Jubilee in the Bible. Uh, in the Old Testament, where debt was forgiven every 50 years and seven seven periods of seven years, and then the 50th year, all debt was forgiven. Um, <clears throat> and that would be a good carrot if uh, if 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 for the sake of flipping this the whole world into a digital system at one point at one time, um, telling everybody that all all of the old system has gone away, including your debt, is no longer going to be registered. Um, I, I can see drawbacks to that too, but at that point, if it ever if it ever comes to that point, Dave, the, the thing we need to probably focus on more is what will be the condition of the people in that time. At that time, this would also be the perfect time to bring in universal basic income, because there will likely be mass unemployment. Uh, there will be uh, industries that will, may never recover, so they, a lot of people would be unemployable. Uh, under any circumstances. So you, you can see universal basic income also being introduced at the same time, at least for a lot of people, maybe not all, but for many people. UBI would be the only way to survive. Yeah, and it won't just be totally funded by the powers that be. I have had this discussion with, um, let's say, two people of note in the military. They're not household names, but they're of note. And uh, I got to have a conversation with them courtesy of another military source of mine. And they talked about something called asset equalization. And I said, uh, I think I know what you mean, but can you explain it? They said, yes. If society totally fragments, they said there have been scenarios that they have wargamed where uh, the people who, let's say one person had a million dollars, another person had nothing in the bank and a bunch of debt, they would take money from the millionaire and distribute it across the masses in the form of universal basic income. So it won't be government necessarily supported entirely. It'll come from people that have money that'll have their assets stolen to support the poor. Well, certainly, you know, the, the government, of course, doesn't have any source of income other than it takes it from the people. Uh-huh. And the people and, and those who are increasingly controlling the government are the technocrats of the world. They're the ones that have, that have taken, that have gotten into the government via public-private partnerships and sometimes just direct things, um, <clears throat> where they're the ones that are controlling the whole mechanism now. So when they when they figure out the master plan, they they may or may not use the um, the uh, the curtain to hide behind politicians. They may not need to hide behind politicians. They can just do it, do it directly. Now, you can probably be sure that maybe people like Jeff Bezos won't give up any of his fortune, <laughs> or neither will Elon Musk, but, you know, the rest of all you plebe millionaires out there, you're in jeopardy. And, of course, we've got all the money that's locked up right now, completely locked up in uh, pension plans and uh, 401ks and stuff like that. This has been drooled over for a long time. These, uh, you know, government especially sees this money out there. It's all locked up, but 
boy, would they like to get their hands on it. I'm telling you, they would really like to get their hands yeah, on it. Yeah, along those lines, let me ask you a question. I don't know the answer to this as I ask this, but I've always suspected that when there's wealth transfer, that's really obvious to see, like student loan forgiveness. Well, I'm going to have to pay for my neighbor's son's college debt, okay? So that, that part I get. The part I don't understand is where does the money go when inflation goes up? Is that a wealth transfer? Does that money go somewhere like you lose your buying power? Does someone else pick up the buying power on the other end? Um, not necessarily, but um, inflation, well, you know, ever since the Federal Reserve has started, inflation has been um, necessary in, in order to keep the financial system going. So they've had a programmed level of inflation, usually it was stated around one and a half, two percent was necessary to you know make things work. <clears throat> but what that's comparable to is what the the the, um, the age old Grecian and Roman practice of shaving coins. Uh, when when a gold coin would come through a merchant's uh, office, he would um, just t- take a sharp blade and just shave a little bitty piece off that gold coin and put it in a drawer. And the coin would still be the coin, but he would have a little piece of that coin. Well, over a period of time, um, he had quite a nice little store of shavings in his drawer. <laughs> it was worth a lot of money. And this is kind of what the central banking system has done. They have shaved off the monetary system ever since day one, and when the Fed was created in 1913. There's been times when it's kind of got out of control, um, where, like in the 70s, when inflation went up to, what, 12 or 13%, boom, all of a sudden... And that might have been a <clears throat> an aberration, but um, the people who accumulate the money, who get the profit off the money, are the ones that are closest to the source of money. This has also been proven by academic studies. The 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 banking the banks, for instance, that have the ability to interact uh, and buy and sell directly with the treasury, uh, they're the ones that end up with uh, you know wealth in their pocket, unbelievable wealth in their pocket. Um, so inflation is especially at the end of the monetary system. Inflation is going to have wild swings. Uh, The issue is not the wild swings. The issue is, going all the way back to 1913, inflation was necessary for the central bank system to exist in the first place. And it was necessary to drain off wealth from the people, from the government. And this is exactly what they've done. And... um, you know, this this will add, then any inflation today in the world will simply add to the call, for we have to have an end to fiat currency. Okay, that, that makes sense. It's, it becomes the excuse for the next step. Um, I want to back up to something we talked about years ago, well over a decade ago. When you came on my show, this is long before I even was independent, and you said, you talked about the smart grid in the United States, and there was an agreement to match up the smart grid in Europe, uh, and eventually, all every all utilities, all energy would be controlled by a centralized AI. If I remember correctly, can, can, mm-hmm. can you address that again? Because I think we're at that time now, where when you talked before, it was more this is planning stage stuff, but I mm-hmm. see this now as becoming a looming reality. Yes, I, I th- and I think you're right too that. There are <clears throat> the technologies existed for a long time for long distance transmission of power, and it's being it has been put in place, but it hasn't been used as much as what we originally thought. And I think probably there's some reason for that now. As you look at the, the crush on Europe, for instance, the high speed or the the, the high power uh, transmission facilities it could have existed, for instance, between um, oh say. Saudi Arabia or any anywhere down in the in, in Africa where they have plenty of sun and it's all dry and there's lots of sand and whatever they could have put enough solar panels down there to probably power all of Europe five times over but have they done that no they haven't <laughs> they could have the technology exists and they were the ones that laid it out but they haven't done it and uh, the purpose it just it underscores to me that the purpose of controlling energy is to control the, the, the economic system and the people in it uh, not just to provide abundant energy. Um, you know, we hear this, we hear this cry in, in technocrats and zeitgeist movements. Well, we need to have uh, nuclear fusion. It'll give us unlimited energy. 
That's what we need in the world. Free, unlimited energy. That's a nice Pollyannish thought. But if there was free energy in the world, all these technocrats would be out of business. <laughs> they, they would be gone. They would have no job. Yeah, it's what sent Tesla into military exile because I think it was Westinghouse told him, we don't want your free energy concepts. We want to put a meter on everything. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, exactly. So, okay, let, let's it. talk about then. So will the whole planet at some point in time expand on this technocratic model of control of all energy through the grid system, Europe, yes. the U.S.? Will this go planetary? And here's yeah. my ultimate question. Will it be totally controlled by AI and won't even need human oversight? I think I think the answer to both is yes, and not just um, you, not just a blanket AI, but um, the, the the concept is policies can be set in motion by decisions that are made <clears throat> by artificial intelligence algorithms, and in the case of smart grid, uh, this was this is still missed by most people. But when when Obama kicked off smart smart grid in two thousand ten. Um, one of the things they also did at the same time was they, there was a there was a, a writer to a law passed that required um, appliance makers to put a circuit board into their appliance that would allow communication with a smart meter on the side of your home or business. And so since then, last 10, 12 years, um, virtually all all appliances have been made with this chip. It's the law. And so, you know, LG has done it. You know, all the other big appliance makers, uh, electric stoves and um, uh, air conditioners and, you know, the big consumers of electricity, motors and stuff like that that might exist in your home. They're all able to communicate with the meter. What this means is, having the circuit board in, is that the old way to get to your uh, thermostat meant you first you had to access a smart meter. And then you had to do kind of a little uh, firewall trick, get inside of the home, and then locate the thermostat IP address, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, it's a one-off type of a situation where every house has to go through individually that meter and then find it inside and control it. That's a time-consuming process, and it's uh, it's way slow, and it's virtually impossible, like in Phoenix, where you got thousands and thousands of homes. It's almost impossible to uh, to do anything in a short period of time. With the with the introduction of these um, circuit boards inside of appliances, which now exist blanket across the world, now the utility company can catalog by IP address. They can catalog every single smart device in your home across the population, across the whole city or region, where they now can say, okay, what are the all? What is all the IP addresses of air conditioners that can be controlled? Boom! Oh, there's a list right boy, in front of that's it. That's why they did away with analog, isn't it? Yes, yes, yeah. that's exactly right. And so now you have the ability. Somebody in the, in the company says, "Okay, we're going to turn all the thermostats down in the system by two degrees." They push one button, and the instruction goes out directly not going through the meter but going directly to those appliances inside the homes and businesses and grabs control of them and immediately sets it down and this can happen in a matter of seconds Mm. not in a matter of days just in a matter of seconds because you know all of the ip addresses are already there they're already known they're already cataloged and they have direct access to those devices from the utility company so now it's a matter of just just pointing to the entire class of devices that you want to control rather than the individual devices. And so if there's 10,000 air conditioners in that system that are all cataloged and they know here's the list of IP addresses, they push one button and all of those air conditioners drop within seconds. Yeah, welcome and to so, XL Colorado style. They're, you, that's they're exactly what it is. Something. Yeah, that's right. That is exactly what happened, Dave. This They didn't. They didn't go out and, and turn off those 22,000 people by hand or, you know, control them by hand. And they didn't go through the smart meter one by one and, and do this revolving door thing to get inside. Um, they did it by class. And why not 25,000? Probably because they only had 22,000 under control like that as a class. <laughs> My goodness. I mean, you've made it so clear. Okay, in about two minutes... 
Can you tell people, do they have any options to escape this tyranny or stop the tyranny? Well, it's always a good thing to get a meter, uh, analog meter back in your home if you can't. I have one, and I told them, and of course they could come out and change it against my will, I suppose, and, uh, you know, when I'm not here, but uh, I do have to pay a little bit extra money to have uh, an analog meter in my home. A lot of customers have lost that ability now around the country. They will not do it no matter what. Um, Virginia Farver in Fort Collins is one of those people. Right, right. She's coming on the show next week, yep. Yeah, good. People, I'll tell you, people need to resist, Dave. They need to absolutely speak out. They need to get in the public square. They need to get into their local communities and, and root out root out these people that are that are causing these policies to perpetuate and get people in that will change the policies, or you change the policies. And people, people don't understand the power that they have in the city. The city and the city council can write binding resolutions that would stop any measure of this stuff if they would just do it. Uh, for instance, you know, if you didn't like the fact that utilities are reaching into your home with these uh, these smart meters and stuff, a city council could make a binding resolution. You, you know, you take a city like Mesa or Phoenix or Glendale or whatever, so that's a big city. They could say, you're not going to do that to our customers anymore, period, end of subject. It, we are we are disallowing it, and we will find you $100,000 per instance every day that you perpetuate on this, and we'll come after you in court. They could do that if they would do it. That's the only potential recourse we have right now is going local and getting our cities to implement policies that will that will put a firewall, so to speak, around your city to keep these lunatics out of your pocket. Yeah, and that explains why George Soros has injected so much money oh, through his organizations yes. in the local politics. Yes, yeah. that's exactly. And that, that explains why Ickley came out and spread uh, Agenda 21 policies and general plans and stuff all over America. They went local. They didn't go through the Congress. They didn't go through Washington. They went directly to the cities and counties, and they talked them into these deals. They couldn't refuse. They said, well, it sounds good to us. Let's do that. So, you know, the only way we can get control back is through our local cities and counties, and this is where we need to start. People need to get off their couch, get back into civic life, and quit looking at Washington. Just, you know, yeah, go do vote. I don't, I'm not saying don't vote. Vote. Yeah, I hear you. But, but get the heck – get your eyes off of Washington. Get your eyes off your state to whatever extent necessary – and get into your city, especially into your city. There's a num- all the boards, the water boards, the fire boards, the school boards, and the city council itself. Get into those mechanisms and drive out this crazy wokeness slash sustainable development technocratic crap. Wow. this You have hit so many home runs in this broadcast because I, I guarantee you, people that kind of know about this topic are now raising their eyebrows, and I, I think it's really important. But the thing is... I look at here, their system is so entrenched. Um, I don't want to project defeat, but I'm just yeah. saying their system, it's daunting to overcome this. But I agree with you, one city at a time. Uh, you formed an organization uh, to uh, encourage yes. people to act locally, and you got about a minute to talk about it. Indeed. Citizensforfreespeech.org. Just go there and sign up. doesn't cost anything. Stand with us. Learn how to exercise your free speech rights in your local communities and stuff. How to be a statesman, how to how to communicate with these people, how to persuade them, how to get policies changed, how to build a team to you know to do stuff in your local community. We've got the goods on this. We really do. And if, if people will just come and and take a few hours to get trained, they can go out and have incredible impact in the local communities. Yeah, we're going to have to start really pushing this harder than we have in the past. Um, we advertise for that organization on our newsletter. But, ladies and gentlemen, you do need to get involved. Pat, you also have a website. We mentioned it earlier, but let's go back and just remind people what that URL is. On technocracy.news. Yeah. Not dot .com, technocracy.news. And it's citizensforfreespeech.org. That's all spelled out, not the number four. We're going to have you back because we're not going to have time to develop this now in the 20 seconds we have left. But technocracy ties into this, and this is how the elite are going to escape the consequences of what they're doing. And uh, that's why I want to have you back to talk about it. But, Pat, extremely informative. I, too, appreciate your time. You are the foremost expert on this, folks. So you take notes, listen to this again, and go to Pat's website. Thanks so much, Pat, for coming on the Common Sense Show. My pleasure, Dave. Anytime. 
We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts to help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.